0: to have everyone here, Barry, would you please stand up for me? Don't ever doubt the fact that you have a prophetic gift. This house respects your gifts and the anointing on you. Anything God tells you to tell us, you better tell us. God has put strategic people with different anointings and with different mantles in this body. I am very, very, very perceptive in in the spirit. You are one person God has brought to this house because of your prophetic mantle. So please walk in it. Amen? Hallelujah. This week is going to be a busy week. Um, We have a membership class today. We didn't announce it very well. But if you've been coming in the last uh, maybe four or five months, and you want to become a part of what God is doing here, please, after service today, we have about a two, three-hour class. They will feed you lunch so you can know what God is doing here, so you can plug in with us. We're looking for people. There's a lot to do. So we really need people to, to, to plug in with us. This Friday night, if you've never been to a Friday night meeting, that once-a-month Friday night meeting, Just come and see what happens here. (laughs) That's all I can say. Just come and see. It's this Friday. We start at 7. Usually by 8.30 we're done. It's a time of really praying in the Spirit, pulling down strongholds, and we've seen God do amazing things. And by the way, if you're among those that God has done some amazing things for, we want to hear it. We want to have it up here so people can know that God answers prayers. Because the Bible says we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by what? By the word of our testimony. So if God has done something for you, I know I've heard. And I've seen God do some amazing things in this church. So please make sure you let us know so we can encourage others. And uh, last but not the least, this Saturday is our outreach day. We went, we did 58 families last month. The first month we did 45 or 40. 43 and then the second month went from 43 to 58 so we know God is growing that ministry we are giving them meat we are giving them groceries vegetables so we need help after our prayer on Friday night we need help to pack the bags and then Saturday morning from 10 to 1 we need all the help we can get to make sure we have enough people here to hand out the groceries to them all right are you ready for the word this morning I've been so excited about this. Let me tell you, God is really opening up things, you know. I believe that, I was discussing with my sister, there's a power behind this pulpit. There's really power, there's power in the pulpit. Because once you stand here, it's like God just takes you out of the way. And he comes in, and sometimes you hear yourself saying things that you never even thought you knew. So you're teaching yourself, You're drinking from the fountain as you're giving out. So it's so amazing the things that God has been revealing while I'm here. (laughs) I didn't prepare it. But it's like I get to partake of it too, just like you are. Amen? So for the last three weeks, we've been talking about the pathway of the effective and fruitful believer. And our anchor scripture has been Daniel chapter 11 verse 32, the B part. That says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. King James Version says, and do great exploits. And we said there are three things there that if you are a believer, you begin to do, and you begin to see in your life, you will be an effective and fruitful believer. Because we know that Jesus says he wants us all to bear fruit. And that our fruit should remain. And the three things there was first, knowing. He says the people who know their God. So knowing God is crucial on your pathway to becoming a fruitful and effective believer. And then the next thing was be. Be strong. Being. Transformation. If you have all the knowledge of God and you don't transform, you become, the, you remain the same as you were. You are never going to do exploits for the Lord. So it's important that once you know God, what you know about God, the truth you know about God, you allow it to transform your life. You allow it to transform your mind. You allow it to transform your decisions. You allow it to change everything about you. The Bible says here, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are transformed when your mind is renewed. And there are many things here that will transform your mind so that you can truly become what God has created you to become. And when I'm talking about transformation, listen, I'm not talking to just the young people. I'm talking to everyone here under the sound of my voice. There is no one here who God hasn't put a purpose and a vision and a dream in his heart, in his or her heart. So the, prop, the question is, the pressure—we talked about it a little bit in Sunday school today—the pressure for us these last days is for us to conform, for everybody to be the same, so that everybody is speaking with the same voice. Everybody agrees to the same things. Oh, it's okay for a man to marry a man. It's okay for children to be born now that are gender neutral. Don't tell them they are boys. Don't tell them they are girls. When they grow up, they will decide what they want to be. And I'm like, excuse me, do you tell a fish to swim? The fish knows naturally it's supposed to swim. Do you tell a bird to fly? The bird naturally knows it's about, it's supposed to fly. We are the only ones of God's creation that keep testing God's laws. The fish will not decide today, oh, I'm going to go out of the water to go and walk on the road. They dare not do that. He will die. The bird will not decide, oh, I'm going to go to the, uh, to the water and live there. I'm going to uh, plant my, my, my life over there inside the water. The bird knows now that it was made to fly. But we are the humans, are the laws that God has laid down. He says in Joshua 1, he says, if you follow this law, keep them before your eyes. Don't let them depart from your mouth. He says, then you will be established and then you will have great success. If we try to do it without this, we will fail every time. And so the pressure is for us to conform, begin to do what the world says is the right thing to do. Begin to speak the way they speak. Allow homosexuals into the church. Tell me to go again and get ma- marry a man and a man. God forbid. So all of us, these last days, if you're going to stand to be effective, if you're going to stand to be fruitful, make sure this thing is under your bed, right by your side, day in and day out. That's why I said there's no... If I'm going to be here, everything I'm going to tell you guys is going to be from here. And if you're listening to somebody, if they don't have scripture to back them up, get up and walk out. Get up and walk out. Because they are going to appear as angel of light these last days. They are going to want to preach what is itching, what is your ears, that that sounds good to the ears. But the word of God is what will always settle every matter. So we have to always go back to the word of God. So you cannot conform. No matter how. If you are going to go to prison, let us go. If you are going to kill all of us, kill all of us. But we will not conform. Amen? Amen? Transformation is what I'm on now. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, it says, Not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He says in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And then he says in verse 14, which is very, very important, I press toward the mark. He says, I press toward the mark. You know who is talking? We're talking about Paul. Paul who wrote almost th- th- uh, three quarters of the New Testament th- episodes. Known, respected, knowledgeable, the highest level of education. Met Jesus on his, on, his, on his house when he was going to persecute Christians. This man knows God. Secular world, he's up there, he's respected, but he's still telling you, I want to reach further, I want to get higher, I want to press further. So that tells us we must never settle down where we are today. No matter how how much achievements you've had, no matter how much scripture you know, no matter what, even in the secular world, don't settle. There's always a higher height to go to. And one thing that I'm going to be very, 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 um, I put my finger on it, is the fact that believers, we have to start excelling not only in spiritual things, but in secular things also. Am I making sense? We have to go in there. There are seven pillars, and I'll get to that. Seven pillars that control the society. Religion is one of those. We all have that. But for you to make an effect, for you to really do exploits, you have to have another, at least one other pillar you've handled that you're, you have your hand on to influence people who are in there. Are we, are we understanding? Are we all following? We cannot just... There are exploits to do. Exploits to do. And for us to make a mark and make, really make a difference, we have to come out of these seats we are sitting on. The ex-plus we are going to do is going to be from Monday to Saturday. Then when you come to church on Sundays to so give thanks to the Lord for what He's helped used you to do out there in the world. The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I told you there's a scripture that I've been, I've been unpacking for the last two, three months. It says John 1.6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. There was a man. There was a problem. There was a reason God sent John. There was an intent in God's heart when he sent John. The very same thing for you. Your transformation is for you to become more. More. Walk closely to that reason why God sent you. Moses was sent to get the Israelites out of slavery. David was sent to be the king and God said after you kill Goliath although you are young that will be your pathway Joseph was sent ahead to do all that happened because God wanted to make sure that his people were taken care of Jesus came here to solve the problem of sin and death I don't think you ever go through anybody in the Bible that will read about that you can't pinpoint what God brought them here to do it's the same thing for you It's the same thing for me. Nobody is born to just fill up space. Nobody. So the four questions every single one of us here must answer. Every one of us. The first question is, who am I? Who am I? Who is Angela? And these are not questions you are going to just rush over. These are things that will make you think. And then the second question is, Where am I from? Where am I coming from? Some people say, oh, some you were a tadpole that became a, 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 what is it called? A monkey, whatever, and then you became a human being. Is that where you came from? Because if you don't know your identity, you're not going to be able to transform. That's where it all begins, right here. Answering those questions. Where am I from? And we're going to go through some scriptures so that you will understand how important you are. Number three, why am I here? Why are you here today? Why are you not anywhere else? You could have been, like me, I could have been in my village in Africa. Why am I here in front of you today? Why are you sitting down here today? Why did you come to this? Why did God give you? Like I told you all before, you remember. When your father and your mother met, that one coupling act released almost five hundred million sperms. Okay? And all those five million sperms were all racing to that just one egg. Five hundred million were racing towards that one egg. And God had purpose that it was you that would meet that egg and become you. Out of 500 million. So you are not one in a million. <laughs> you are what? One. 500. So are you already a winner? Yes. The fact that you are here alone. Out of 500 million. You already won. I So even if... See, why, you know, this is why abortion is not a good thing. That is why when you think about it, what abortion is, is evil. The person God picked out of 500 million, you now decide because of inconvenience. Even if it was a rape, even if it was a rape, it's still because of your inconvenience. That, that, was, that egg and that sperm meat... A soul, God agreed, must come to this earth. And you are born in purpose, vision, and someone who can probably make the most exploit in this world. So you are already a winner sitting down in front of me. So if you have that mindset that you came to this earth, I need to get back to some scriptures. Because I told you I will always have scriptures. So I'm gonna go a little bit forward and go before I come back to Genesis. Go to Psalm 139, verse 16 to 17. 139, Psalms 139, verse 16 and 17. He says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. You were not even formed yet. The Bible says, the eyes of the Lord saw your substance. Knew you were going to be a black woman, a black man, a white woman, a white man, where you would come from, your family, where you would live, who you would marry. All of that, before you were even formed, God saw your substance. And He says, and in his book, they were all written, all the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. see why abortion is evil so we're going to go back i'm talking about transformation like i told you last week i just i've been praying god there's so much you've put in me i just pray i can be logical, logical about it to bring it out so every one of us here has a purpose and your transformation is crucial for you to, f- to fulfill destiny, for you to do exploits. And you cannot transform if you think you don't, you don't amount to anything, oh, I'm from the wrong side of the tracks, oh, I don't have the right education, oh, I'm not pretty enough, oh, I'm too short, I'm this and that. You will never do anything for the Lord if the enemy makes you think that you are from nothing. So we did the second question, right? The third one, why am I here? Then the fourth question is, where am I going? That's the fourth question. Where am I going? Where is my destination? Where is all this going to end? What is my future? What is my destiny? Those are the four questions. Who am I? Where am I from? Why am I here? And where am I going? That if you can answer those questions, you will know what God brought you here to do. Now, let's go back to Genesis. I want to read some scripture to you so that you can see that even from the beginning, God did not make Adam just for Adam to just sit in the garden and just be nothing. Let's look at Genesis 2 verse 15 in the ESV. It says, The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden... To work it and keep it. That word, work, is not job. That's not what it means. Go and look at it. That word, work, the original meaning of that word is to become and to transform. That's what that word means. So in essence, God was saying, I have prepared a garden for you because I have created you to become. To transform into what I put inside of you so you can maintain the garden. And we know that he didn't transform and become what God wanted him to do. What happened? God drove him out of the garden. And that's still the same thing we're all struggling to do today. To become what God has made us to do. Now the question is, when God gave Adam... God did not give him a bush. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Let's read something that's very, very important. I want you all to take very close attention to this. In chapter 2 of Genesis from 4 to 7 in the ESV, it says, there are, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth, which they, when they had created in that day that the Lord made the earth and the heavens. Number 5, it says, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant on the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land. Because what? There was no man to walk it. God did not allow any plant, any bush to sprout up because God knew there was no man. So if God allows anything to happen in this world, He will always make sure He creates somebody to take care of it. So there is something that you are supposed to take care of. What is that? Do you know that? Because even the first man he did not create because he didn't allow any bush. He didn't allow any shrub. He didn't allow anything because there was no body to take care of it. And so what he now did, if you go to verse verse, uh, 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted the garden, and there he put the man who he had formed. So God gave man a garden, not a bush. A garden is well maintained, manicured, peaceful, looks beautiful. A bush is Disorganized, No paths, nothing, everything You still have plants there You still have flowers there But it's not maintained It's not organized And God said before he created you He already knew you He already created a garden Something for you to take care of What have we done? Most of us, some of us Allow our gardens that God created To become a bush What we're supposed to do We're not doing it That is what this message is for. This transformation is to make all of us, young and old, start to think, what is it that I was created to do? The thing is, God designed every one of us for success. Like I said earlier, when God made the bird, he put inside that bird how to fly. When he made the fish, he put into that fish how to survive inside water. When a manufacturer, you have your phone on your hand, right? Most of you. The manufacturer, before they put their logo on that phone, if it's an iPhone, Samsung, they've tested that product. They will tell you in manual how to even turn it on, the do's and the don'ts. You don't decide that a car, oh, you know what? God, the, 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 the manufacturer says put gasoline, or leaded gasoline, in your car tank. You don't decide because you like apple juice, you're going to put apple juice in that car tank. If you do that, the, uh, the car is not going to run. You don't decide you're going to put your phone into fire and expect it to work the way it was the manufacturer said it will work. The manufacturer has laws, the do's and don'ts for you to follow. The same way when God created you, he put his image on you. And then he gave us some do's and don'ts. I said we are the only ones giving God trouble out of all the creatures. Everybody knows, every animal, every creature knows what they were created to do. A seed can be on this place here. If I don't put that seed into the ground and give it some soil and some moisture, that seed will come back here 20 years, the seed will still be here. It will not grow. Because God has put a law in place that if you put a seed in the ground and you add moisture to it, that seed will grow. And replicate and become a tree or whatever. The same way with us. If you don't follow the laws of God, you cannot be transformed. You cannot change from what you are now to become a better you. Everything is here. Everything is here. Isaiah 46 from uh, verses 10 to 11 says, Declaring the end from the beginning. Like I told you before, God declared the end from the beginning. Declaring the end from the beginning, that is a big, big, big word. That means before you even were created, God saw the end of you before the, the, you even were formed in your mother's womb. He saw the end from the beginning. And in verse 11 says, calling a bird of prey from the east. That's another, another sermon of its own. Have you seen birds that will fly all the way from South Africa to, to Canada? Every year they make the same trip. They go to the same tree. And can turn around it. after the whole thing is going to go back again to the same nest. How is that happening? The brain of a bird is smaller than my finger. He said God is calling them. It's the, it's God When God calls them, they must listen. We are the only ones that don't listen. We are the only ones that don't listen. And that's why we all must listen. Now I'm going to go to the vision. It's when you follow God's law that transformation will happen. And so every one of us here, if you don't know why you are here, why you were born, why you are on this earth, you need to start finding out. And I will tell you how to do that today. And if you already know the reason why God brought you here, you need to go back to that vision. You need to revise it. You need to start monitoring it. You need to start scoring yourself. Every six months, go back to your vision and see what you are doing with it. Because the years go by quickly. And no matter how young you are here, another 20, 30 years, you'll be surprised if you don't follow these things closely, you'll find that you are just marching on the same spot year after year after year. And that's one thing I'm going to make sure that will not happen to anybody who is really serious about following the Lord here. Like I've told you all, I've had such a great response I've had 12 people since last week asking to be mentored. So we are going to, by God's grace and God's help, we are going to figure a way how to do like a module where they can go online and follow those modules, set goals, come up with business ideas. By God's grace, I have been allowed, I have some friends and people who are in different areas. That's seven pillars. That we can get you into to be mentored. Because we have to just... This, we, this will be our foundation. This will be how we do everything. But if you now go in there and show them the ethics and the character of a Christian, you're going to reach them more than sitting on your pew here Sunday in and Sunday out. What we know, we know so much. God has given us so much. It's time for us to take it out and influence the world. That's the excellence I'm talking about. Amen? Joshua 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all, all of it. Not some of it, all of it. We cannot cut corners when it comes to the Word of God. You have to observe all. And if, God is, if it's not possible, God will not tell us to observe all of it. We cannot be one leg in God and one leg out. And these are the days that we're in that you need to make up your mind. If you're going to serve God, you need to be all the way in because God is separating the goat from the sheep. God is separating the goat from the sheep. And you make up your mind who you want to be. You observe all that is written in this book. It says for then, only then will you make your way prosperous. Who will make your way prosperous? You all read it. Who is going to make your way prosperous? You. Well, some of us are waiting for God to make us prosperous. God bless me. God, and then he brings an opportunity for you to be blessed. And you don't step into it. He's already putting you. I told you all last week. The gift." Oh God. What you are looking for is in your house. God will hide your gift in plain sight. God is not playing games with us. God wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. It's good for his name. If that phone is not working, the manufacturer know very soon nobody will buy their phone. So they will warranty you and guarantee you and all of that. Because their name is on the line. You know what that's called in the Bible? His namesake. He says, I will do this for my name's sake. It's not for your, God has a reputation to protect. He says, you will make your way, your way, you will make your way prosperous. So when you do that fasting and you start praying and God brings that opportunity, that's why most of us, when trouble comes, embrace it. Embrace it because the trouble that comes, if Goliath wasn't in front of David, David would never be king. If David ran from Goliath like all his brothers and the army, we won't be talking about David today. He didn't run from Goliath. Those three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we're not going to bow to you, oh king. We're not going to bow. He said, tie them up. Make the funders harder. We are talking about fire. They saw it with their own eyes and they were still boasting. Even if God doesn't save us. But you think they were not shaking and trembling? Did God do anything? God waited. They, they tied them up, made the thing harder then threw them in before God showed up. Sometimes God will allow the fire to come on you before He shows up. But when He does show up, the glory is going to be amazing. So when the troubles come, don't run from them. Embrace them. God allowed it to bring you to another level of transformation. I'm telling you. So what are the keys to transformation? Your keys, number one, Proverbs uh, chapter 29 verse 18. It says, where there is no vision or revelation, the people perish, or the people cast off restraint. He says, but happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, where there is no revelation, the people perish. And that word perish, or cast off restraint, just means no self-control, or no discipline. And then Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down. Write it down and make it plain on tablets. That he who, run, who he may run who reads it. So the thing is, you need to have a vision and you need to write it down. You need to write it down. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12 verse 5, The thoughts of the righteous man are Right? The thoughts of the righteous man. If you're a righteous person, your thoughts are right. And so what I need you all to do when you get home is to take a notebook. All the desires you have, things you have in your heart that you want to do, that you feel that God has blessed you or God has gifted you to be able to do, write them all down. Even if it's ten pages, write them all down. But then after you write them down you have to spend some time put a, put the piece of paper in your bible and every time you pray you open your bible begin to read those things and ask God to give you more revelation on those things let me go through let me let me let me go through them and now when i talk about writing stuff down i'm not talking about massive it could be very massive but it could be very little It could be that you're just someone who has a heart for abused women. Write it down. I just feel like it's wrong for women to be abused by their husbands. Or you're the one that just, your heart is burning for young kids. Oh, anytime you hear about shooting in schools, your heart just burns. Write it down. And everybody is different. Because God has already placed something in you that makes you want to desire to see something fulfilled in that area. Write it down. They go back and anyone that does not align with the scripture, take it off. If you write down there, I'm going to own a liquor store, you already know that that doesn't align with scripture. So you take that one off. It's, as, it's really it's as simple as this. And then spend some time alone with God, like I said, to pray and seek his face. Over those desires. And what you will find when you do that, those desires that you've written down, you're going to find that some, the level of your desire keeps going up and some just keep going down. Have you ever prayed for something you really want, 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 and then one week later you don't even desire it anymore? You don't even want that thing anymore. But when you started praying, that's how you wanted. That's because God has just taken it off. And so if you keep doing this, within a month, You will find that all those pages that you wrote, you've probably withered them down to just one or two pages. Am I making sense? And then what you need to now do is take all those desires and what you will find out again is that all those desires that you've restricted now, you've cut down to like a page or two, they have a running theme around it. They all have one or two themes. If you really want to summarize them, you'll find that they just have one or two things in there. So what you now want to do is to make a statement. And the statement will just be, Okay, I want to reach women who have been abused by... That by now gives you the fit to it. That when you put, I want to do this by this, it allows you now to restrict yourself, to discipline yourself, to put in there what you are going to do to achieve that. So I'm going to reach abused women by going to women's shelter... Once a month, for the next six months. You know what that's going to do? It's going to put discipline on you. When the, people, when the Bible says the people that have no vision, they cast off restraint, they are not disciplined. When you now say what you're going to do, if you are going to be reaching abused women, you're not going to be fighting and wanting to do anything that will send you to jail where you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be drinking and, and, and doing crazy stuff that will prevent you from doing that. So every month for six months, the first thing you're going to do is find out where am I going to find this homeless shelter? Or where am I going to find this women's shelter? Or if it's for young kids, which school am I going to go into to do like an after school program to help children? You can already see how those things are lining up. There are grants today. That if you do some of these things that the society is looking for people to do, that if you can prove that you've done it for one year, twelve months, and the place we've been going to say, yeah, we agree. He has been coming here every week, he has been coming every month to talk to these people, and they agree. You can get money to start a non profit organisation. From there you can get money to build a women's shelter. You can get money to build a place for those that are drug addicts. But these are things that nobody's teaching us in church. Nobody's telling us these things. Where well, you can really now see yourself five years after you sat down and wrote your vision down, you now have a women's shelter. You have a place for drug addicts that they come to. The, they are now looking for you when they send people out of prison. For them to come to your place to stay six months to one year for them to be claimed, God has opened a huge avenue for you to do exploits. You see what I'm talking about? We don't want to put our head in dreams when we can actually put feet to it. It has to be transformation. Our mind, believers, we have to start thinking of how to do these things. All of us here, we want to reach people. All of us have dreams. I know, and I know you've worked on your dream to work with children since I've known you 18, 20 years. Those dreams that God gave every one of us here, put some feet to it. Tell yourself, okay, this is what I want to do by. Put that B-Y and then list what you want to do to achieve your goal. And then every six months, go back and say, okay, how far have I gone? If you've not even found a, sh- a women's shelter to go to, then start all over again. Those are things that we have to do. And like I said, you're not too young, you're not too old. To start having some of these visions, make it clear, especially the young people, you have so much. There is so much you can do. You really have to. Now, the most two things, and I'm, I'll be closing soon, is when you make up your mind to do something, especially when you already have... Let me just quickly say something here. spheres of influence, I went ahead of that. When you want to do something for God, you are going to have opposition. So get ready for that. But, before I go into that a little more deeply... I was talking about the seven spheres of influence. This is the seven areas that if you find yourself in one of them, two of them, and you really take your foot on there and settle in, you are going to do exploits. The first one is family. The second one is religion. The third one is education. The fourth one is media. The fifth one is entertainment. Then six, business, and seven, government. All these seven areas I have listed, you have a desire from God that fits into one of those seven. All of us here, we should have religion taken care of really good. We all are believers, we know the Lord, so all of us have religion down. So what other area have I just mentioned, the many six areas that you're like, mm, okay, I, can, I think I, can, I, I have a desire to see families really doing well to see husband and wife doing well, children doing well. If that's your area, right things you can do in that area. That's that's just it's as simple as that. Really. Just simplifying those desires into a statement that captures what you want to do. So self discipline. Self discipline is the key. You can write all you want to write, but if you are not even disciplined to get up and go start working on it, it will never happen. Self-discipline is what will make your vision to manifest and bring the transformation you are looking for. You cannot be transformed or see your vision come to reality if you don't set yourself, restrictions on yourself. This is what I can do. This is what I cannot do if I'm going to make this vision come to pass. If I'm going to be this person that I said I want to be, this is what I have to do. Young people, I cannot be around this kind of people. I cannot have this kind of friends around me because if I do, they are going to kill my vision. So you set yourself some guards against yourself. And then Proverbs 24 verse 10, that's my last scripture. Your vision will be tested. It says if you faint... In the day of adversity, your strength is small. Adversity comes to everybody. Your vision will be tested. The purpose you said God has called you to do, the enemy will throw everything because he knows you're going to become a person of influence if you begin to do what God has really put on your heart. So he's going to throw everything he can at you. But you must stand your ground. You must stand your ground. No matter what. Because when you kill your Goliath, that's when your name will be heard. Nobody's going to sing David of ten thousands and thousands if you you run from Goliath. If one day you are a believer and the next day you are writing on Facebook how God doesn't meet all your needs and all of that rubbish. Next week we are going to start on doing the works. Bible says without works your faith is dead So we're going to look into that And see what God has to say about doing exploits Amen So stand to your feet this morning If you're here this morning And you don't know Jesus All we have talked about here It it won't even work because you've already Put yourself outside of the Lord Remember what I said? That the bird knows to fly and the, sea, and the fish knows to swim. So everybody with your eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Or if you've ever accepted him, you've kind of just walked away. You're not living for him. His, his word don't mean anything to you. Your decisions, you make them yourselves. If that's you this morning, just raise up your hand quickly and put it back down. If there's anyone here this morning who wants to rededicate their life to the Lord or who want to give their life to Jesus, and if you're watching on TV, the same with you. If you're in your home, you want to receive Jesus into your heart, just bow your head and put your head in a way of reverence because I'm going to be praying for you. And if you've gone away from the Lord because of trouble, because of circumstances, you need to come back to the Lord. Because everything you are looking for out there, you can only get it. From Jesus. I want you to say after me, I want the whole church to say after me, Dear Lord, I come to you this morning and I ask you to come into my heart. Father Lord, I ask that Jesus become the Lord and the Savior of my heart. Lord God, I give myself to you that from this day forward. I will live for you and you alone. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And if you're here, you're sick. Today, I want to lay hands on you. If you need to be healed, if you need someone to pray with you, please, could you just come out here? And as they're singing, just keep that position of reverence. And come out here if you need to be prayed for. Because I believe God is going to be doing some marvelous healings here this morning. If you need healing, could you come to the the front? Let me just pray for you. If you need healing in your finances also, could you come to the front? If you need God to open your eyes to what he has called you to do in this world, why he created you, I want you to also come here to the front so we can agree together this morning. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. You know why she's here, Lord. You know why she's here, Lord. Everything it is that she's presented to you in her heart. Oh, God, I pray this morning that you will do it, oh, God, according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you for meeting every need and healing every disease and every sickness. There will be a testimony that will come out of this to the glory of your name. Thank you, Lord God, for touching my sister. Thank you, Lord God, but there's nothing impossible with you. Oh, Lord, you said the thoughts of the righteous man are right. So, Father, every thought, every desire, every dream, oh God, that you put fire under it and give her wisdom, oh God. Wisdom from heaven, wisdom from heaven, wisdom from heaven to do all that you've called her to do. Heal, deliver, set free, Lord God, in Jesus' name.